Hello and welcome to the Steve Poos Benson Podcast. It is Memorial Day, a beautiful day outside. It's uh, kind of on the cool side. Yesterday here in the Colorado Rockies at my home we had snow. Memorial Day and Labor Day are two of the uh, snowiest weekends, coldest weekends that we can have here in the Rockies. Welcome to spring and fall in the Rockies. You know, uh, today is a very um, important day in so many ways for this podcast. Uh, one, it is my 3,000th download, 3,000 listens. I top over uh, 3,000 listeners today. Now, for some podcasts, let's put this in perspective. For some podcasts, they have this in their first uh, couple of days, their first couple of uh, presentations. And I found this is my 36th episode. And so 36th episode and 3,000 listens. Watch out, baby. We're developing some momentum in Stephen. I'm hoping that you are enjoying the podcast as much as I am in uh, putting it forward. Now, the purpose of this podcast is pretty straightforward. I call it the Steve Poos Benson Podcast because I want to use my ideas and my insights, the ramblings of my brain, to wake you up to new insights and thoughts about your own life. And this is going to cover everything for me. It's going to cover... Uh, my own life experiences, theological insights. I'll be interviewing people. I talk about theology. I talk about life. I talk about the purpose of life. Anything that kind of rattles around in my brain, I want to present them to you, hopefully, so that they will spark your imagination, spark your interest, and help you come to a new place in your living. Now, today is a perfect example of what I want to do and the purpose of this podcast, because I want to talk about this accident that I just had. Now, um, this is a a landmark um, podcast for me because it's a declaration to myself that I'm tired of being accident prone. I'm tired of being uh, busted up. I'm going to be busted up for several more weeks to come, but I'm over the hump. I'm going to get back on the saddle. I'm going to get back in my job. And to do that, I want to publish this podcast's way of saying I'm back. But to to get there, to say I'm back, I want to talk about some of the lessons that I've learned through this accident. So let's begin in the beginning. How did the silly accident happen? So it was a week ago Saturday, this past Saturday, that I was with my rancher friend, Bruce Kogan, who has a ranch outside of Nathrop, Colorado. Nathrop is between Buena Vista and Salida. And I get all my hay for my horses from Bruce. And Bruce is a great guy. You'd love love him. He's uh, uh, he's about my age and about 10 times stronger. He's amazing what he can do, lifting lifting hay bales, working with his cattle. It's a life I've always dreamed about that if someday if I ever going to come back as somebody else, I'm going to come back as Bruce Kogan because he lives a great life on a great valley, a great ranch. All right, so he and I are stacking hay. I have my hay, my... uh, horse trailer backed up to the haystack and he's down in the trailer and I'm up on the ledge of the hay. I'm only standing six feet up. My head is then another six feet so my head's at 12 feet up and um, and I am throwing the bales down to Bruce so he can stack them inside the trailer. You literally kind of throw them down and they bounce inside the trailer. And so I was bouncing hay bales uh, down to Bruce and there were hay holes all around me. Now, a hay hole is when the bales come together. They're supposed to be really tight when they come together, but periodically there's a hay hole. And uh, it's when the hay bales are not stacked 
too tight. And so when you step into it, your foot falls down about two and a half feet, not two and a half feet, about two feet until it gets purchased on the on the uh, hay stacked below it. So you fall about a couple feet, two feet. And so you have to dodge the hay holes and walk out, watch out for the hay holes. So I was doing that. I was up there with my uh, hiking boots on. I had my leather gloves on. It was a beautiful day. Bruce and I were talking. We had the collegiate peaks behind us. I mean, it was just a great day, beautiful day. And we were near the end of the load. Um, and all of a sudden, I picked up a bale of hay. I turned and I twisted to toss it down to Bruce. And my I stepped right into a hay hole right at the edge of this ledge, this hay ledge that I was on. And since my momentum was going forward, swinging the bale forward, I went forward, but I did it like a swan dive with my head leading the way 12 feet up. And some people talk about falling in slow motion. This was anything but slow motion. It happened fast. It happened so fast I could barely breathe, take a breath between what happened. The uh, I saw it coming. Um, I thought if I could just reach out and grab the edge of the horse trailer that I could break my fall. There was nothing happening. Um, I hit the bottom of the metal uh, bar on the bottom of the horse trailer with my right cheek and my right arm smashed into the ground. And luckily, I never lost consciousness. Um, I just kind of groaned and rolled over. Bruce had his back to me. And he said that he, uh, all he heard was a metal thud, a metal thud, and then a twang from the metal as it had a ring as if something hit it real hard. He turned and he looked at me and he came running over, asked, are you all right? Are you all right? And I kind of groaned. I said, no, I'm not all right. And he came and looked at me. He goes, oh my gosh, your face is a mess. And he goes, well, what about your arm? And, and you know, and it was really interesting how that when this happens, you kind of quickly do a, a mental check on your body. Like I, I did this mental check. Could I feel my feet? Could I feel, yes, I could feel my feet. I could feel my legs. Could I feel my back? I could feel my back. Could I feel my, my arms? I could feel my left arm. My right arm was just numb. It was just like numb, but it was exploding in pain. Um, I could feel my face, but I could feel that it was like stoved in somehow, that someone had taken like a metal baseball bat to my face. And he said, and, uh, and Bruce said, yeah, you, you don't look so good. And he said, let's check the arm. And I looked down and I said, oh, Bruce. He goes, yeah, that doesn't look too good. What happened is that my uh, wrist bones had snapped off and they had pushed up into the palm of my hand. There was not a compound fracture, but it was definitely an offset of the two bones that had pushed up into the palm of my hand. And, and both Bruce and I said, you know, okay, not good. And so Bruce asked the question, he says, do we wait and call 911 and wait for them to get here in the hay meadow? Or do we just take off and drive ourselves? We're only about 20 minutes outside of Salida. And we both said, let's rock and roll. Let's not wait for an ambulance to try to find us and then go there. We'd be there by then. And so uh, we rocked and rolled. He got me up. He actually uh, had to pull the trailer off of me first. So he pulled the trailer forward. He got me up, walked him to his car, and we took off. And we got into the Salada Hospital. 
and they did an amazing job of taking care of me. We had to make sure that I was COVID-free. They were testing people outside the hospital, outside the ER before they would let you in. And then they would, uh, they tested me. I got in. They didn't allow Bruce to come in, but we didn't expect that. And they got me in. They got me on a table. They got me hooked up right away to pain medication. And then went through the uh, the usual ER things. I called my wife. Uh, she was in a fair play. She and my uh, daughter Kelsey came racing down as soon as we uh, we called them actually from the hay meadow, and they came racing down. But they did a CAT scan on me. They did X-rays. The uh, they said you know everything, all of your major organs, all your major bones seem to be fine. You don't have a skull fracture, which I thought was like he said they. Obviously, you have a, a fractured your cheekbone. That looks to be a mess. And your arm. He said your your uh, right wrist is uh, shattered. It's severely fractured. Shattered in many different pieces. And so we're going to have to set that wrist before we can release you to a surgeon on Sunday, on Monday. So we're going to put you out and we're going to straighten that wrist real quick. So he had my wrist hanging from this uh, contraption where he had my fingers hooked up. And the wrist was hanging there. And I got to tell you something. <laughs> it did not look pretty. Phoebe said, you should have taken a picture of it. It's like, oh, gosh, it made me nauseous just to look at it. Uh, maybe I should have taken a picture of it for all of you people who have stronger stomach than I do. But I, it was all I could do not to look at it. So he put me out. Next thing I knew, I, was, uh, I had it all um, splinted up and wrapped up. And he said, you are good to go. And uh, so Phoebe took me home. We uh, loaded the horses up and we drove back home to Conifer that night. So that was good. That was good. And then um, we got in to see a surgeon right away Monday morning. And uh, the surgeon took one look at the x-rays and looked at my wrist and said, you know, this is really bad. This is bad. We can't wait to, uh, to do a surgery till later this week. We've got to do it right away. Because we want to see how bad the damage is to your, uh, to your tendons and to your nerves. We got to get in there. So Tuesday afternoon became Tuesday evening at St. Anthony's Hospital. They were backed up, so uh, I went without eating or drinking until uh, Tuesday evening, about 6:30, for the surgery to happen. But it took two surgeons three hours and a couple plates and some screws and another splint and a wrap and I was good to go. The doctor said it's going to take uh, anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks for to, for uh, everything to recover and then some PT after that but you should be good to go and I thought to myself you know I just broke the Steve Hamp rule for survival. Steve Hamp is a friend of mine H-A-M-P-H, and Steve Hamp has a rule that says that um, nothing ever good happens when your rear end gets above your head. Your rear end was designed to stay below your head. When it gets above your head, nothing good ever happens, and I proved that. Steve Hamp listens to this podcast, so thank you, Steve. A shout-out to you. I broke your rule. I will do a better job at keeping my rear end below my head. All right. Now, what are the lessons that I've learned from this? You know, here's the lesson I had. The other day, I had a falling dream um, where I, you know, where you fall and then you jerk yourself awake. Well, I was back up on that haystack and I had a falling dream and I felt my uh, chin hit the, my cheek hit the rail again and my um, 
my uh, arm smashed into the ground and I jerked back just before all this happened and I had yanked my thumb inside the splint in the wrap and it uh, I saw stars while I was sleeping and it set me bolt upright and it got me thinking about the fall thinking about the fall thinking about the fall I must have fallen several thousand times since the injury happened as I was uh, as I've thought my way through it and there are several lessons that I've learned from this you know just here's some of the lessons as I get back on the saddle that I want to share with you. you know, the first lesson is, you know what, sometimes you just got to celebrate that you did it. You survived. You know, and I told myself, whoop it up, Steve. You are alive, baby. You are alive. Go buy a lottery ticket. This could have been so much worse. One of the things the doctor at the Slata Hospital says, you are so lucky, this could have been so much worse. Someone who hits their face on a metal bar falling from that height, they either snap their neck, break their back, they end up as a quadriplegic, as a paraplegic, they end up dead. And you didn't. You got through this. You got through this. Buy the lottery ticket. Whoop it up. Celebrate. You know, I think we, we need to think about that sometimes when we survive things, when we walk away from accidents, when tragedy happens in some way, shape, or form, and we can we actually survive, I think we should say, we did it. You did it. You survived. Think, get down on the ground and kiss the ground. Kiss your spouse. Kiss your partner. Kiss your kids. Kiss God. Grab God by the shoulders. Give God this huge hug because you know what? You made it. You are alive. I love that. You know, that's my first lesson. You are alive. The second lesson I want to learn is that I want to share with you is my lesson is I'm not too old for this. I've had several people say, you know, you're really too old to be doing these type of things. Don't you think you're too old to be stacking hay? No, I've stacked hay my entire adult life. I'm not too old to stack hay. Don't you think you're too old to cut wood? No, I have cut wood my entire adult life. I have this big gnarly chainsaw, about two or three chainsaws, that I cut six cords, six to eight cords of wood with every summer. You get dinged, you get cut. I uh, wrenched a hand really bad cutting wood about five years ago. But it's just kind of the part of the ranching life that I've chosen to live. It's just part of the life that Phoebe and I have chosen to live, you know. I'm not too old to ride my horses. I'm going to ride my horses literally until I can't put my leg over a saddle anymore. I love doing it. Phoebe and I love doing it. It's how we connect with one another. You know, I'm, no, I'm not too old to do these things. But a lesson is that I'm not. I'm going to stay away from heights. I'm going to start staying away from heights. Um, I used to climb ladders like there was nothing to it. They didn't bother me at all. But I'm going to now start staying away from ladders. I hear too many people falling and breaking bones and dying from falling off ladders and heights. I'm just going to I'm going to allow my firefighter son to climb my ladders for me. I, I think I'm done climbing ladders. But I'm not, a lesson is I'm not too old to be doing these things. You know, so another lesson that I've taken away from it is uh, blessings. We have so many blessings in our lives that I think we sometimes take for granted. And an accident like this says that uh, you need to wake up and to truly count your blessings. Like uh, my wife, 
My wife Phoebe is this greatest gift to me in my life. When we were out walking today, I've been on two walks now since the accident. Yesterday and today, my first two walks. And I told her, I said, you know, I cannot thank you enough for how you've taken care of me. I said, I don't take it for granted. I said, you have not left my side. You have cooked. You have cleaned. You have fed the animals. You have made sure I have my medications. You have ice me up and splendid me up uh, you've just done one thing after another gotten up with me in the middle of the night you have just been this great great partner you know i am so blessed to have the wife i have i'm so blessed to have the kids that i have my kids on the days after the accident they were all over me they were talking to the doctors they were talking to the nurses they were picking up prescriptions they were driving out of their way to to do things for me i just like I have the best kids in the world, and, and I think you discover that you have the best kids in the world and the best spouse in the world when these types of things happen, when these people step up to the plate to take care of you, and you realize you know that it's a blessing. They are a blessing. I'm a blessing. It could have been so much worse. It didn't. It wasn't so much worse. It is a blessing. My heart breaks for people who don't have spouses or partners or kids who will take take care of them. Because you know what? They can be such a blessing. You know, the other thing is uh, extreme pain. Another lesson was extreme pain. I wrote about that in my blog, Cowboy Jesus, that I uh, published this morning. I want to encourage you to take a look on that. My um, brother-in-law, Steve Comstock. Steve and I often talk about the fact that extreme pain can be extremely helpful that it helpful that it brings about a sense of clarity and insight. It reminds you that you are alive. It helps you set priorities in life. Your first priority is to take care of yourself, to take care of your loved one. It brings life into immediate focus. You cannot focus on anything but yourself and your own body. But then what happens with extreme pain is that it forces you, or doesn't force you, it invites you, to think about people who are in different situ- different situations you are, that they are uh, less fortunate than you are, that they are also suffering, that they are also feeling extreme pain. Extreme pain leads to compassion. So read that blog on Cowboy Jesus, and you will be able to uh, let me explore that with you a little bit further. You know, um, an accident like this, a lesson that I learned is that it helps me take stock of prayer. Okay. Now, I pray all the time. I've prayed my entire adult life. I know this. But something like this helps me reevaluate prayer. You know, I've had, I had so many people say that they were praying for me, from my mom to my siblings to friends who called out. They said that they were praying for me. One friend said that they were praying for me without ceasing. And that just, like, took my breath away, all these people praying for me. And I, I, I imagine that they were hands, hands, small hands coming underneath me, lifting me and holding me up, raising me up before God. And I found that to be so healing, uh, compassionate to feel those small hands coming underneath me, raising me up before God. You know, um, I think that uh, an accident like this, a lesson, is that it helps us remember the sacredness of relationships. You know, when we, are, when we have this knock on death's door, when we brush up against death's door, we realize how important relationships are to us. 
And not only did I realize how important Phoebe and the kids were to me, but they realized how important I was to them. That we realized how sacred relationships are, that we realized how sacred friendships are, and how much we rely on friends, and how they, they come straight to our aid. They will do anything they can for us because we realize they're sacred, that somehow the breath of God is present through the relationships that we have with one another. Lesson is that our relationships are sacred. You know, uh, another lesson I have is that life tests us through situations like this. Life tests us. You know, does God test us? No, I don't think God tests us. I don't think God says, aha, Pooh's Benson has been slipping along life, kind of taking the easy road. I'm going to throw this in his path. I'm going to see how he does. No, I don't think God does that. However, I do think life tests us. I think we have accidents, things come up against us that kind of push us off the track. And life says, let me see how you are going to respond. I think life tests our mettle. Life tests our courage. Life tests our endurance. I often think about in these middle of these life tests, I think of uh, the word resilience and how resilient can you be? Can you re- Resilience comes from the Latin word resule. Resule means to fall backwards. Resuleur means to fall forwards. Can you fall forward or are you going to fall backwards? In this lesson, are you going to allow it to knock you down and stay down? Or can you get up, brush yourself off, and begin again? Can you be resilient? You know, I've had many life lessons. It's interesting is many of the life lessons have come from broken bones. You know, I've broken... Uh, both collarbones. I've now I've shattered my wrist. I've broken fingers. Uh, my collarbones were two of the big ones that really kind of set me back. Where I had to, uh, I couldn't write, I couldn't read, I couldn't turn a page, I couldn't do anything. And uh, broken ribs and all that is just, uh, it's just a wake-up call for a life being tested. And can you be tested? Life tests your toughness. Can you be tough? Like I think about sandpaper and a belt sander. And, and can you, do you have tough skin that you can actually toughen up and face the conflict or face the situation that you're living in? Because sometimes, you know what? You have to be tough. You have to have that inner strength. You have to have that inner courage that says, I will get up. I will get up. I will start over. I will brush myself off. I will begin again. You have to have that sense of mental toughness about you and your life. Do you have that sense of toughness? Can you survive the test? Where are you being tested? Can you fall forward and not fall back? Sabbath. A lesson that I've learned is Sabbath. You know, the past week has been a forced Sabbath rest. A forced Sabbath rest. I can't do much of anything since it's my right wrist that's been broken. Um, I've had to do most things with my left hand, and my left hand is pretty pretty disabled. It doesn't work real well, so I've had to count on other people. I've had to count on Phoebe and the kids doing things for me. So it's been a, a forced Sabbath rest to sleep in. Every morning it's been sleeping in. Giving myself a break. 
not running. I haven't gone for a single run. As I said, I've just gone on two uh, two walks, but it's been a forced Sabbath rest. I'm not good with the Sabbath rest, so this has been good for me to uh, to take a break. So that's my accident. I'm back on the saddle. This has been good for me. I wanted to do this podcast. This has been very cathartic for me. Thank you for kind of hanging in there with me. Um, I want you to know that I am with you in, when, in your accidents, in your extreme pain. And I want you to know that there are so many people who walk with you that when you have an accident that, that you can count on them. And I want you to count on them. I want you to trust them because they are more than willing to come to your aid. So when I have a falling dream, I'm going to think about this, and I'm going to jerk my face, and I'm going to jerk my hand up. I'm going to stop myself from the fall, because you know what? I am back in the saddle. All right, have a great week. That's the Steve Poos Benson podcast. As we, you, uh, as we know, you can always find me on my blog, Cowboy Jesus. You can uh, find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'd love to follow you on the different social media platforms. Visit my web uh, my website, www.stephenpoosbenson.com. Watch our church videos. A lot of things are happening at Columbine United Church right now. You can watch our church videos. All right, let's stay connected. Bye.